Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. This is the Sports Edge with Rick Wolf on your flagship station for New York sports. The Fan, Sports Radio 66 and 1019 FM, WFAN, New York. Hi, everybody, and welcome to this week's edition of Rick Wolf Sports Edge. I'm your host, Rick Wolf. Well, you have heard me plead for years on this show that we desperately need some sort of federal guidelines when it comes to youth and amateur sports in this country, but not just to outline what all sport parents need to know objectively and honestly about youth programs, travel teams, club teams, and so on, but really to provide some real and hard data about what's the best way to raise and develop a youngster in sports. I mean, every week you hear me talk about the pros and cons of travel teams, how parents have to do their own homework in order to figure out what's the best sport for their kid. Should youngsters specialize, and if so, at what age? Is it okay to hold a kid back in school for a year in order to advance their athletic maturity? What about transferring from one school to another? And on and on and on. The questions and challenges for today's sports parents are endless. And to me, it all seems so reactive in nature. That is because parents today don't have a consistent format or well-planned map to guide their child in the labyrinth of amateur sports. They have to rely on their gut instincts or upon rumors and gossip, or they just have to hope for the best. Now think about it. When your youngster tries out for, let's say, a a travel team, what do you really know about the evaluators and the head coach? If your youngster goes to a, a showcase tournament, how do you know that he or she will get a real good look from a real college coach? This is why uh, the topic of sports parenting is always making headlines and it's always being discussed because parents everywhere are confused and, and basically just looking for answers any way they can. So here's my, my overall question to you this morning. Has the time finally come to appoint a commissioner of youth sports in this country? Or perhaps the commissioner oversees a panel of blue-ribbon experts so they can really provide expert ideas, concepts, guidelines that all sports parents can benefit from to answer the most basic and fundamental questions when it comes to kids in sports today. Well, think about it. Suppose it, let's just imagine it was you. Somebody made you the commissioner of youth sports in the United States. Would you try and, and regulate and formalize travel teams? Uh, would you prevent? How would you prevent out-of-control parents at, uh, at kids' games? Would you make all coaches, high school coaches, travel coaches, club team coaches, every, would you make it mandatory that they have to go through retraining sessions uh, every other year? I think the time has come. I think we could really all benefit knowing that youth sports is now a $17 billion industry in the United States that's a lot of money, $17 billion. To find, the time has finally come to figure out what's the best way to regulate, oversee, formalize, and most importantly, provide parents 
with some real ideas on how's, what's the best way for a youngster to progress in sports from the time they're five or six right up to the time they're into college. one 337 6666 that, of course, is our number. I mean, you know, if we go down this pathway, what about having independent arbiters whose job it is to oversee all the youth programs in the United States and who discreetly go around to make sure all the coaches are, are doing a good job in coaching the kids. Isn't it time to take a step forward and to try and totally reevaluate how our kids are being brought up in amateur sports? I mean, the stories I hear from unsuspecting parents being taken advantage of by, by unscrupulous coaches are endless. And again, as I mentioned, the, the most fundamental questions that parents have to ans- answer on behalf of their children at such early ages, is it smart to specialize in a sport, uh, or should we just follow the, the European athletic model and just eliminate all high school sports? Is that the best way to develop kids? I mean, it, look, the bottom line is this. It's just hard to believe that in the wealthiest and most successful country in the world, we really don't have a consensus on how to raise our youngsters in sports. We just don't. And to that end, I never hear or read of any major research being done in this field. It's still pretty much, let's face it, a free-for-all. All right, let's, let's take some quick calls on this. I'm curious to get some, uh, some your ideas and concepts about should we time has come to appoint a commissioner of youth sports in the United States. Let's start with... With uh, Ken in Red Bank. Ken, good morning. You're on the fan. Uh, good morning, Rick. Yes, Ken. Yeah, well, of course, you know, for many years, w- with the Little League dominating uh, youth sports, there was a hierarchy of regulation. And then, you know, you get into all these uh, travel leagues, and uh, like you said, it's the wild, wild west. Personally, it- I feel that we should do away with uh, these paid leagues. Uh, uh, you're you know, you're eliminating a lot of people who can't afford it. Mm-hmm. Plus, you're eliminating the average and below-average players. When I was younger, that wasn't the case. So, uh, to me, the downfall of recreational sports was the start of travel leagues, and that seems to be the audience that you're appealing to is all these, uh, you know, professional parents of travel leaguers. Do away with the travel leaguers, sir. Ken, I, I, I hear you, uh, and uh, th- thank you for the call. You know, it's funny, when I put this uh, subject or topic for today, out on uh, my Twitter feed, got a tremendous response, and, and some people had come back and said, well, the problem is that because youth sports, uh, to Ken's point, has become so substantial, so large, it may be difficult uh, to, to make this happen, to put a commissioner into power, because all the various sports lobbyists are going to say, no, 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 we, we don't want this to happen, because obviously if it does happen, it'll probably have some serious uh, negative impact upon uh, travel and club teams and everything else in this country. That's a real concern. Uh, you know, it, yeah, there was a time where uh, the, the so-called formal leagues, like Little League, uh, AAU, whatever it might have been, they were pretty much the only games in town. Uh, I, I think it, we all know that Little League Baseball uh, has its own issues these days because they are losing numbers uh, from kids playing in, in uh, Little League and going to Williamsport. They're losing numbers as well because the kids who are deemed to be the better ball players when their time they're 10 or 11, uh, they're opting for their own travel or club teams, which do not participate in Little League baseball. So this is a real concern here. And, and you know, again, it'd be nice to have somebody who is independent, somebody who's objective, somebody who can just uh, look from a uh, 
on uh, from a higher perch, so to speak, and really give some sense as to where we're going with all this. And hasn't the time come to put all this stuff into some sort of formalized approach uh, in a professional manner? Let's move on. Let's go to uh, let's go to Gary in Colts Neck, New Jersey. Gary, uh, good morning. You're next up on the fan. Hey, good morning, Rick. Listen, listen to you. Uh, listen, baseball. I talk about baseball. It's pretty much it. I just get crazy. You know? Seeing all these people, they get their kids to these different training games. We're losing all Little League. You know, uh, that's where the fun is at. These kids, you know what? You can't take a kid that's seven, eight years old, nine years old, who, let's call he at this point, can't throw the baseball that well. Mm-hmm. You work with him a couple of seasons, you know, training, and I'm okay with that. All of a sudden, now that kid becomes unbelievable you can throw the ball now it's just a little help but where where the problem really occurs is that we want our kids to fail in sports you know not out in the real world because every day look at facebook here and there and there's a lot of negativity sometimes you know or most of the times who cares let these kids become kids i don't care what sport it is they're growing these kids up too too quick Mm -hmm. it's going to be a one sport person all year round no let these kids play all the sports that they choose, whether it's a male or female. Let them have fun. But at the end of the day, what are we what are we proving? At the end, I look at it this way. They go on their first job interview, right? And all of a sudden they say, I'm sorry, you're not qualified. How is he or she going to handle rejection? And I think this is a big part of growing up in today's world. I'm 51. You know, we never had this issue back then. And I can tell you right now, we have a lot, a lot of people out there that are very successful in life through sports, even if they don't play sports anymore. They're just positive people. It's okay to be rejected. It's how you pick yourself up. And that's pretty much where I'm kind of at right now. Uh, Thank you. Thanks for your listening. You bet. Thank you, Gary. And and I I don't disagree with that. I mean, the fact is, this may be where a commissioner comes into play and says, look, you understand, let's go through the numbers on this. If you, what, do you have to, what do you want for your child to get out of sports? We already know that very few ever go on to play college or pro, so don't you want them to get the basics, the, the life lessons uh, that will become the intangibles when they go out into the real world? Uh, you don't have to, the kid doesn't, doesn't have to be a star in, in youth level, just a member of the team and understand what those values are being, are being taught. That's an important consideration as well. And again, I just think these kind of lessons, these observations would have greater credence with sports parents today. It makes sports parents feel good about themselves and their children playing sports if it came from a, a so-called uh, commissioner. All right, let me take a, a, a time out. Uh, when I come back after uh, Mike McCann's uh, sports update, I'm going to go right back to your calls. The question on, on the table today is, hasn't the time come to basically appoint a commissioner of youth sports in the United States. Stay with me. And welcome back to the Sports Edge. I've asked the uh, the question this morning, if there were such a thing as commissioner of youth sports in the USA, wouldn't you support that? I mean, you know, I think the time has really come to get get serious about this idea. You know, there are lots of, uh, you know, people out there, like there are famous think tanks like the Aspen Institute, uh, which do a great job of telling us what the problems are when it comes to youth sports. But in truth, we already know what the problems are. What we need are prescriptive solutions and answers and guidance. I mean, look at sports this way. We, we all know that the rest of the world has caught up to us in pretty much 
every major sport with the exception of football, and that's only because we're the only country which plays football. But think about it. Basketball, baseball, ice hockey, and, of course, soccer, we just don't dominate those games like we used to. That's a fact. Maybe it's the way we raise and coach our kids in youth sports. Maybe the other countries around the world have figured out a better way. one 337 6666 Let's go to our friend Jack Smithland over in Fairlawn. Jack, good, uh, good morning, and uh, I'm curious to get your thoughts about this idea. Boy, Rick, this is a good one. Well, you know what? I was going to get into some of the problems in youth sports, but you hit on it almost every week in on your show, even topics that are not related, it comes back to sometimes youth sports. You know, parents, the you know, the helicopter parents, mm-hmm. kids not owning up to their, you know, their responsibilities and things like that. But I even, last night after I read your, your, uh, your blog or, you know, what you were going to talk about today, um, I even started thinking about the type of person that should be in this role. And I work with a guy... At Nike camp, his name is Jim Whalen. He's the greatest person that I know. He's loyal to kids. His me, he's a new dad. He's going to be a parent soon. And this is the type of guy that you would want as a commissioner because his only goal is making sure that the kids have fun and they understand the safety and everything. Mm-hmm. But what I did is I reached out to a very good friend last night a guy named John Cosgrove. He was our mayor, and he's now our deputy mayor. And I told him to listen to the show today. I said, just understand what Rick's trying to do. And I am backing, I am 150% behind you in getting a commissioner. Maybe not a commissioner of all sports in the United States, but maybe each state having a youth sports commissioner. So what I did is I told John, reach out to some of the people that you might know. I knew our late um senator in Fairlawn, who is no longer a senator, Bob Gordon. But John said to me, our new state senator is a guy named Joe Lagana. So what he did is he asked me, John, asked me to send him an email of what the show was going to be like today, what it was the topic. So I did. And emailing everybody knows is tough for me because I'm not a computer person. So (laughs) after working on that for about two and a half hours, I gave him a paragraph of exactly what the show was going to be about today. Uh And what he did is he reached out to our state senator to listen to this show today and get back to him. And he also emailed my email to about five other politicians with power in New Jersey, who he knows. So you're absolutely 150% correct that we need to do something, and now is the time. You know, when you talked about a, a couple weeks ago, or maybe even last week, I can't remember because I listen to every show, and my mind is actually, uh, you know, is dead right now. But um, you talked about youth sports being a $17 billion business. Mm-hmm. And Major League Baseball, I think you compared it to, was only a 7 or a $9 billion business. Correct. Well, you think about all that money being made, all right? Wouldn't you think the government would want to get involved here? Don't you? I mean, it's something like you said before in one of your other calls. It's the wild, wild west. There are so many clubs out there that are there for the money. And that's it. And I've watched it and I've witnessed it. You know, when you and I played ball, when they had wooden bats, you know, we had a little league and they picked an all-star team and that team went and played other towns within maybe a five or ten mile radius. 
Now, think about the monies that you talk about every week on your show about how much money's being spent to go to Texas and California for what? For kids that aren't even evaluated as that top-notch level kid. You know, but every parent wants the best for their kids. But maybe parents should also start evaluating their kids with a little bit more honesty because one of the things my wife said to me last night is, listen, when you go out and buy a car and, and, and buy a house, you really evaluate it. So why don't you start evaluating your children's talent and whether you think that maybe they might not want to do it. But I am backing you 150%. I think we should have a governor or maybe start small with maybe counties or states and then get to the big thing because it really is out of control. Well, Thanks, Rick. Well, Jack, th- thank you as always for your kind comments and insights. And, I, and that, of course, Jack Smithlin, Hall of Fame coach from New Jersey. Uh, yeah, I, I do think the time has come. I'm thrilled to hear that Jack is trying to uh, get some sort of grassroots uh, organization going over in New Jersey. Uh, that's how these kind of movements usually start. Uh, I just think parents would benefit greatly, as would coaches, as would educators, if there were some formal guidelines in place and saying, this is what works, this is what you need to do, this is the right age to do this, and so on and so forth. Look, and I want to make the point clear, I'm not against people running uh, you know, travel or, or, or club teams. Uh, it's all about you know, capitalism and, and entrepreneurialism. That's great. That's wonderful. But understand this. We need to have some sort of oversight of all these things so that parents who go into these situations in a fairly naive way are getting for their money and what's the best outcome for their children. I don't know if moms and dads have the ability to evaluate their child and their athletic talents when the kid's 10 or 12 years old, but certainly uh, as they get older, we want a sense of real objective reality to be put in place. Let's move on. Let's go to, uh, to Chatham, New Jersey. Greg has been waiting patiently. Greg, you're next up. You're on the fan. Yes, good morning. Fascinating topic. Uh, Rick, nothing personal. Yeah. But it seems like I hear the words, we're the richest country. A red warning light goes off the top of my head. And that warning light is the fact that uh, sports, both amateur and professional, have made the big mistake of allowing liberalism into their sports management. When, when you look at Kaepernick being allowed to take a knee and all the liberal press gets behind that, what if Kaepernick was uh, a conservative? What, what if he was... Greg, uh, I, don't, I, don't, I think you're going off on a different... Rick, Rick, let me finish. But Greg, Rick, we're not talking about politics here. We're talking about, about kids and sports. How, well, how is that liberal or conservative? Rick, Rick, don't cut me off. Please. Greg, goodbye, Greg. Thanks, thanks. but you're missing the point here. Nobody's talking politics here. We're talking about our children. We're talking about our kids and sports. I don't see has has anything to do with liberal or conservative points of view. Everybody, regardless of their politics, wants their kids to thrive and to learn and benefit from being in sports. That's what this show, that's what this whole topic is about. Let's move on to uh, to uh, Tom in Levittown. Tom, good morning. You're on the fan. Hey, good morning, Rick. How are you? Today? Good, Tom. What's up? Uh, I'll try to be concise, but sure. I couldn't disagree with you more on this subject. Uh, I think when you talk about youth sports, you're kind of talking about two different tracks here. You're talking about 90% of these kids in youth sports are just playing to have fun, playing to occupy their time. A very small percentage of these kids actually have plans to do something further with a career in sports. Mm-hmm. So you're, you're layering, uh, you know, you're putting a layer of authority and a layer of government regulation on a very small subsect of, of these kids. And, and 
I, I just I, I don't see it. I think a better Tom. idea would be have like kind of a grassroots organization, a clearing an online clearinghouse almost with names of these coaches, names of these travel teams, where a parent can go in and look and see whether this is legit that's, or not. That's fine. I mean, we're talking about again. I just want to reiterate: a couple of years ago, cover the the cover of Time Magazine uh, proclaimed that youth sports in this country that the business was seven. Or, I'm sorry, fifteen billion. Now CNBC says it's now seventeen billion. This is big business, big bucks. And all we're asking is, wouldn't it be nice to have instead of uh, you know talking about reactive situations where parents are confused and baffled, they're looking for some help, some insight, some guidance here from an objective situation. I'm I'm wary as you are about the word government, but I'm also looking upon. Geez, can't we find uh, a panel of experts, perhaps appointed by? Uh, or under the affiliation of the President's Council on Physical Fitness to say, here's what we suggest. Here's what you should need to know if you have a kid playing sports, just to provide some sort of guidelines so everybody has a baseline as to as to what it's all about. I mean, wouldn't that be beneficial for everybody? I, well, I think we know this already. There's been plenty. There's plenty of things out there that tell you exactly. I mean, you talk about every week what the right thing to do and what the wrong thing to do is, so we know that already. <laughs> yeah, it's but... up to the parents to go find that information for themselves. But you have to have a little... Uh, common sense here you can't you can't always just put something in there to protect people from themselves well yeah except that and tom thank you for the contrarian thoughts today but i do believe that it'd be helpful because right now there are no guidelines you can say well you go to a website or you go these things don't exist you need a situation where basically parents can say okay here's what the this panel the commissioner of youth sports in the united states suggests these are the right ages the right guidelines these are the things we should be bearing in mind as our kids progress through, you know, youth sports and, uh, you know, camps and travel teams and what have you. Let's, uh, let's go on to, um, let's go to Tony in Tom's River. Tony, good morning. You're on the fan. Good morning. I got a different take on this. Good. Everybody has a free expression. Children like to play for fun. There should be a law that no organization can be made using children. I don't care what you call it. When I was a kid, I played handball. I played baseball, football. If an adult tried to get involved and teach me, I would tell him I don't need to be taught (laughs) because I enjoyed my expression, not how you want me to perform. My spirit of how I win or lose is not to be monetized, not to become profitable. That's like putting a bird in a cage. You're taking these children and taking away the heart of their spirit just to have fun. Well, Tony, I, I agree with you in the sense that, yes, we've gotten to a point where, you know, whether I mean, a generation or two ago, kids went out and played and parents were not involved. We know all that. P- kids would have been kind of confused if, if parents came out of nowhere or coaches came out of nowhere and said, look, we're going to help you learn how to, to play handball or baseball. But it's all changed now. It's all totally changed dramatically and I don't think we're going to go back to those so-called innocent uh, Norman uh, Rockwell type of days. We have what we have now, and 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 sports, youth sports, have become monetized. Unfortunately, you know, for better or for worse, and and that's just the reality of the situation. So I'm suggesting 
that in order to at least give parents, coaches, some, some guidelines and some, some sort of milestones as to what to think about when the kids are going through the process, that would be of tremendous help to everybody concerned. I, I don't see a downside to this. Um, again, I don't think it's something, and I'm, as I said, I'm a little wary of government, as most people are, but I do think we'd all benefit from having a situation where there were some real concepts, ideas, and, and basic fundamentals that all parents, all coaches could benefit from. And again, I'm talking about everything from controlling out-of-control parents on the sidelines to, what to, what to uh, what's the right price tag for a travel team to how much travel a kid should do, what's the, how much specializations should a youngster do, and on and on and on. We just don't have that kind of mandate uh, right now. It's as simple as that. All right, let me take a timeout. When I return, I'll go right back to your calls at one 337 6666 And welcome back to the Sports Edge. Uh, and speaking of talking baseball, you know, I was watching uh, the Mets game last night, and Steve Matz having a complete game, pitched extraordinarily well. I seem to recall that Steve uh, played for our friend Lou Petruzzi, uh, the head baseball coach out at Ward Melville High School. Uh, and I'm just so thrilled to see one of Lou's uh, protégés uh, continue to do well with the Mets. Uh, don't forget, you can always track me down at AskCoachWolf.com, where I post my thoughts and comments and post your thoughts as well, AskCoachWolf.com. Right now, I've asked the question, uh, is the time finally come to seriously consider appointing a commissioner of youth sports uh, in the United States, uh, somebody who can oversee what's going on and perhaps have a, uh, a, pan- a bunch of uh, experts, a panel of experts who can basically provide real insight and advice and guidance to, to sports parents as they try to uh, find their way with their kids in the very complicated, complex world of, of sports uh, these days. Uh, we know it just gets more and more complicated uh, with each passing day. And we're taking your calls about that suggestion, whether you think it would work, uh, and if, if so, how would make this happen? one 337 Let's continue with our calls with Craig over in Lodi. Hey, Craig, you're on the fan. Hey, how are you? Good morning. Yes, Craig. So what what I do is we coach wrestling and USA wrestling I think has got a good is a good catalyst to to mirror yourself off of especially with baseball. Um so you have to be a certified coach there's certain things that you have to do to coach kids on the mat. It's not like you could just show up and and uh coach even though you have wrestled. I'm talking during competition time. USA wrestling has uh a team that they put out to go and wrestle all different uh, states. It's one team. So just like you were explaining before that, you know, you think like you'd be the all-star team mm-hmm. from your county, whatever, and go out and go out and play baseball against other kids. So I, if they look, if you guys look at the same thing with baseball, if you, you appoint certain coaches and explain the whole dynamic of how, you know, the, the growth in the sport is supposed to unfold, and then the parents understand more. You know, wrestling is a very emotional sport, so the parents are crazy. You know, it's like you're attacking my kid. Mm-hmm. Once they understand that it's a scoring uh, opportunity during the course of the match and it's sportsmanship at the end, you gave it your all. That's all you could ask for. And then you move on to the next match, and it's a, it's a growth. So what I'm trying to explain, like what I'm trying to convey is, I think that if you have, you, like you said before, educate the parents more. If you have clinics and educate the parents and the coaches more, and then you unfold into 
the the uh, the tournaments or the games. I think that that is where you need to go. Well, like I said, USA Wrestling. Once you once you start wrestling, there's certain things that you can and can't do. It's uh, Jeff Dickman is in charge of New Jersey. He does a very good job of running the program. If you have any questions or anything, I'm sure you could contact him. Um, well, Craig, what I'm, my point is, and I, I hear what you're saying about USA Wrestling, and it is a well-run organization. Craig, thanks for the call this morning. There are pockets of organizations out there that do a good job, like USA Wrestling. Another one that comes to mind right away is USA Hockey. And they have been at the forefront uh, as pioneers in trying to educate uh, hockey parents and, and coaches about the right and wrong ways of playing the game of ice hockey. Uh, I want to basically capitalize on those programs and make it almost widespread for all the other sports because we know it's a free-for-all when it comes to, let's say, sports like soccer uh, and, and, and baseball and, and, and so on and so forth. Uh, that's what I'm talking about. Craig had mentioned about educating parents. Yeah, that's what we need. We need to educate the parents as to what, this is, what all this involves because there's a lot, of, as I said before, parents who are not familiar with this area it's a, it's a free-for-all, and, and they need somebody, some place to go to which they can trust and get some real information and get some real sense of uh, how things should be run and what they need to know. Uh, that's what we're looking for. So, yeah, I'm not, I'm not trying to in any way denigrate or put down uh, organizations like USA Wrestling or USA Hockey. Not at all. I wish we had more programs that uh, took more stronger tips from those proactive operations so people know what their kid is getting involved in when it comes to youth sports. Uh, let's go over to uh, to Brick, New Jersey. Hey, Tom, good morning. You're on the fan. Uh, I think uh, we already have. Uh, I love the idea of a youth commissioner, a national youth commissioner. And I think you are perfect for that job because you are the only one that I have heard uh, talk about youth sports. I'm listening for at least 10 years, but I do have a bone to pick with you. Okay. For the last 16 years, I've been president of a Babe Ruth Cal Ripken baseball program in Bricktown, New Jersey. When you talked at the start of the show, you mentioned, all you mentioned was, when you talked about baseball, was AAU and Little League. Little League is is the villain. I was mil- they started the commercialization of a youth sport. I was really referring, honestly, Tom, to AAU basketball as opposed to AAU baseball, but you know the drift I'm talking about. Since you're involved with Babe Ruth, you know how, how, how things have changed so dramatically in the last 10, 15 years. Absolutely. And it's breaking my heart that all it's about is maybe 1% of the children born in this country have superior athletic ability. The other 99% are being taken advantage of. Yeah, I'm afraid that's sort of true, and not just the kids, but their parents as well, because the parents obviously, and, and, and Tom, thank you for your thoughts this morning. The problem is we know that, that as uh, entrepreneurialism has crept into youth sports in this country. Uh, every mom and dad wants to do the very best uh, for their child, particularly when it comes to sports. Maybe that, that youngster will be uh, the, the one that goes on to be part of that 1% or 2% that goes to the pro level. But the fact is, 
it doesn't happen very often. And the question is, how much are our parents going to devote in terms of their time and money and energies to make seeing these dreams come true when we know that the, the odds are stacked against them? Because ultimately what happens is that the kid ends up with a, you know, getting cut or doesn't make the next level or it just it, it ends badly. And that's the concern that I really think parents go away and say, well, why didn't I know more? How come I wasn't better educated? How come people took advantage of me and of my youngster? Let's go to, uh, let's go to Joe in Oceanside. Hey, Joe, good morning. You're on the fan. Hi. Uh, glad to be on. I, I coached uh, youth, youth softball for many years, and I coached travel softball. Uh-huh. And my approach was the first year, all I wanted to do was get them to play the next year. I wanted them to be happy right. to play. Right. I wanted them to swing the bat. I didn't want them looking for ball fours or any of that stuff. And then later on, as we got older and we had a travel team, all these parents would pay a lot of money for the travel team. So I would tell them, I go, listen, every girl's got to play. And I'm putting all my time and energy in here. And if the shortstop makes an error, if I pull out the all-star shortstop, I put another kid in there and she makes an error and we lose the game, I don't want to hear it. I go, because these girls aren't going to remember what happened in seventh and eighth grade. I go, it don't matter. If they're paying, they're playing. And that was my whole thing. I mean, we would try to win and be competitive, but I didn't want, I didn't want like six girls sitting on the bench not contributing, just hanging out there. And those are, those are the girls that will get you to win, so not the superstars or the other players that you plug in there. Uh, Joe, I, I couldn't agree more. I mean, one of the, the first concerns when, when travel teams really began to have a, an impact uh, on, on, on teams – uh, was the whole concept of, well, you understand this is not a rec team. Uh, we're here to win. So the best players are going to play. And that was the mindset of a lot of travel coaches. And parents would scratch their heads and say, but, but A, my kid is good enough. Uh, he or she made the team. And B, why wouldn't you let every kid in the team play at least half the time? And the coaches would say, no, you don't understand. It's a privilege to be in this team. <laughs> And, and I'm going to play the best players because we're here to win. And in order to win, the best kids are going to get most of the playing time. But if, you're, if your kid's on the bench and never playing, after a while you say, what's going on here? Well, you know, uh, and sometimes travel coaches would say, I tell you what, your kid's still a little young, needs to develop some more skills. I run a special clinic on Monday evenings, and uh, your, your kid should come to that. Cost a little extra money, you understand, but that might help enhance her chance to play more in the games. I mean, this is the kind of nonsense that's gone on for a long time. I do think that most travel coaches are now sort of wised up and said, yeah, I guess if a kid the, makes the team and is paying, then he or she has every right to get equal playing time. And, Joe, you know exactly what I'm talking about. This is, this is the way it should be. If your kid's on the team, they should get as much playing time as everybody else, regardless of their ability. I agree 100%. I mean, you don't, you don't put a pitcher out there that obviously can't pitch. Right. But you, 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 definitely, you, know, you definitely get everybody to play. And you try to find a position for them where you know, they can contribute to the team. And it's really not that hard. If you practice really I, hard with them and you work hard, they'll, they'll get it. I agree, Joe. And, and I, uh, yeah, well, thank, thank you for your thoughts. I, we're, we're both on the same page. I appreciate the call. You know, the fact is, about, yeah, pitching, Little League, it's very simple. If a kid wants to pitch in Little League, uh, baseball or softball, you got to throw strikes. So you tell your youngster, okay, you're going to go on the sidelines in a practice session. I'm going to give you 10 pitches. If you can throw seven of them for strikes, 
then you have a chance to pitch in the game. But that's the criteria. If you can't throw strikes, I'm, I'm not going to let you pitch in the game until you reach that milestone. And that seems pretty fair uh, for everybody involved. Let's move on to, uh, to A.J. over in Princeton. A.J., good morning. I have a feeling you're going to tell me that, um, that you're very happy that you played, <laughs> you grew up in the time you did because it was a little different back in, back in the 70s. You know me all too well, Rick. But I was, <laughs> look, Rick, I'm calling definitely. I'm applying for this job. And <laughs> that's why I'm calling. And look, the fact that you are funding it, that's what I thought you said early on. I don't think you should be on the board. All right? Other than that, you'd be perfect, just as the other guy said. And after listening to your last few callers, I think you needed a laugh. Okay? <laughs> well, <laughs> uh, but you're, you're absolutely right. Look. AJ, it's the thing. The thing that we, when we were growing up, Rick, we played sports because we wanted to play sports, and we just kind of got together. All of a sudden, you've got this governmental type of uh, bureaucracy around playing sports, and without sports, I'd be in a loony bin right now. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm serious about that, and I'm talking about all sports. I've gravitated towards golf, and by the way, I do have us a tea time. To kind of enhance this interview, I know we only have a few minutes right now, so yeah. I'll pick a course very close to where you are. If I have to give you a lesson or two, I'll do that also, but we'll have fun. Yeah. Well, that's the bottom line, AJ, and, and thank you for the call, as always. You know, the fact is, it, it is sort of stems from, as AJ mentioned, it stems from the genesis of kids going out and wanting to have fun. And the idea of sport and leisure time is to have enjoyment. That's what attracts kids to these games. They are games. They're fun. Uh, obviously, kids have various, uh, varying amounts of abilities. We know that. But, you know, again, it's just sort of, unfortunately, the last 10, 15, 20 years, it's sort of gotten out of hand uh, with the mixture of, of the rush to, to getting to either a college scholarship or to getting a pro contract. Whatever the reasons are, it's gotten out of hand. And that's why I say, geez, it'd be nice Instead of always having a, a reactive situation where I come on the show and say, did you hear about this? Did you hear about that? Whatever. Just say, how about a situation? I'm not looking to get big government involved here, but having something where, where basically we have some sort of commissioner that says, okay, this is the right way to have kids involved in sports. Here's what parents need to know. This is what works. This is what doesn't work, and so on and so forth. All right, let me take a pause. When I return, I'll have some final comments. Stay with me. Big Wolf. Let me just conclude by saying this. You know, it's just amazing. We all know that uh, we are in the the wealthiest and, again, most successful country in the world, but we really don't have a consensus on how to raise our youngsters in sports. We just don't, and that's why I think a commissioner of youth sports is a real good idea, something to seriously consider. Okay, that's going to do it for me in this edition of the Sports Edge. My thanks this morning to Ed Arzuman. Stick around for Ed Randall. He is up next. I'll see you next Sunday right here on the Sports Edge. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. 
Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.